Guardian angels and patron saints, pray for us. In my homily preparations, I realized that just about three years ago, I was preaching my first homilies here as the pastor. It's been three years since I um, was named Pastor of Christ the King and Blessed Sacrament, and at the time, Our Lady of St. Rose as well. And so it gave me a chance to reflect and think a little bit about these words in the letter to the Hebrews, these words of encouragement, and as well the, the words of Jesus in the gospel today provide a great lens for my own personal reflection, but also maybe a general statement of what kind of attitude the Lord asks of us as we go about following him as, as his disciples. These words of our second reading today speak about the discipline that is part of life. Do not disdain the discipline of the Lord. What son is there whom his father does not discipline? That word discipline shares a common root with the word, with the word disciple. It comes from a Latin word discere, which means to learn. To be a disciple is to be ready to learn. To be a disciple is to submit to the discipline of one's master, one's teacher. Our teacher is God. And that disposition is one that St. Paul in this letter is, is encouraging the, the, the readers or the listeners to this, to this teaching to take to heart as, as true disciples. Let's not treat our trials as failures. Let's not simply see all of our setbacks, disappointments, or difficulties as things to be lamented, but rather receive them as gifts. It's not that the universe is against me. It's not that I've got a terrible run of bad luck. It's that, in fact, I have a loving Father who has given me this gift of suffering in whatever form it comes and that I get to carry that and receive it as his discipline, his teaching, precisely because he loves me. This is, I think, a beautiful way of capturing, a really succinct way of, of articulating what is the interior attitude of, of a disciple of Jesus. Our gospel reading today, our Lord is very directly challenging a false attitude, a false discipleship. As he's correcting these, well, not a particular group, but simply an attitude. An attitude of what we might call presumption. I think one of the things that we, that we face as a challenge is a general attitude or general way of thinking in which we place trust in ourselves and we extend uncertainty and doubt to the things of the Lord, when in fact it should be just the other way around. We should have total certainty in the Lord, and the doubt and the uncertainty should extend to ourselves. That's an important inversion in the life of a disciple. In fact, that's what I think marks 
the conversion that we have to embrace as adopted sons and daughters. That instead of saying, well, I'm all right, I don't know about all, all that church stuff or all that God stuff, or maybe picking and choosing a little bit here and there what seems to suit me or make sense to me and then setting the rest aside, I say, I'm the one, I am the one who is in need of transformation. I am the one in need of discipline. And I want that. I want that. My heart is ready for it. And so instead of resting on my laurels, I'm going to remain open. I'm going to maintain a listening and receptive heart and mind. And never simply say of myself, I've done enough. I've made it. At least I'm not a murderer. (laughs) No, that's not the attitude of a disciple. Until we draw our very last breath, we're always ready to learn. Taking taking to heart these words of the letter to the Hebrews, he scourges everyone that he acknowledges as his son or daughter. Endure your trials as discipline. And at the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain. Yet later, it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. That's a powerful word of encouragement that I hope you take to heart today. The spiritual tradition has taken up these words in the scriptures and adapted them. One of my favorite passages, one that I've shared with you before, comes from the writings of St. Francis de Sales, and he restates this teaching in this way. The everlasting God in his wisdom has foreseen from eternity the cross he now presents to you as a gift from his inmost heart. This cross he now sends you, he is considered with his all-knowing eyes. He is understood with his divine mind, tested with his wise justice, warmed with loving arms, and weighed with his own hands to see that it be not one inch too large and not one ounce too heavy for you. He has blessed it with his holy name, anointed it with his grace, perfumed it with his consolation, taken one last glance at you and your courage, and then sent it to you from heaven, a special greeting from God to you, an alms of the all-merciful love of God. To live that out, to take that to heart with the disposition of faith and trust to allow the trials that are sent our way, the crosses that are laid on us and accept them as gifts. That feels, I don't know about you, that feels beyond my strength. I feel that, that those burdens on, uh, on a daily basis. I struggle with discouragement. Sometimes I get up here and I preach and it's so depressing I depress myself. <laughs> Right? To say nothing of those of you that have to listen. <laughs> no, be of good cheer. Take these, take these disappointments, these sufferings, these setbacks, in whatever form they come, if, if it be your health or caring for someone in ill health, or the burdens of age, 
or the disappointments at work or the difficulties in a family relationship or in a marriage or a child who just won't accept discipline themselves. Whatever the case may be, we embrace these things as a special greeting sent to us from God. And may this encouragement take root in your hearts today and bring you joy in the week to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.